Thank you for tuning in to CCF Lowell's podcast. Wherever you are, we pray that you would be encouraged by today's message. To learn more about us, please visit www.ccflowell.org. And you can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many were here last night? Buddy? <laughs> wow. Was that an awesome night or was that an awesome night? Hallelujah. When this young, um, we had, a, we had a many different kind of wonderful people, but the young people that, that played the drums, uh, there were some of them that came all the way from Japan, some came all the way from China, from Korea, hallelujah, and some from Boston. When those drums were being played up here, I and many people that were here confirmed felt that there's no more demons left in Lowell. Hallelujah. Do I have any witness? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. They all went, um, I'm not going to tell you where they went, but they went somewhere else. They fled Lowell, Massachusetts. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you this morning. Anybody tired today? Wow. I, I, I felt that. During worship, I felt like there's so many of you tired. You should have been here last night and see that 60-year-old woman that hardly spoke English. She got up <laughs> and she got us all going. And, and she, she told, she, she had a show, her own show and tell. She told about how she started. She's the wife of Dr. Elijah Kim, you know, in Philippines. She's from Korea, but God sent them to the Philippines, started with about... 10, 20 people, now they have a church of thousands and five other churches, buildings in, in, in the Philippines, and just was just jumping here up, up and down. She goes, my, she goes, my congregation, when I say hallelujah, they all have to shout amen. When I say amen, they all have to shout hallelujah. And she demonstrated that. I said, wow, that's my kind of people. I'm going to move to the Philippines. She actually invited me last night after I invited myself. She came to me because I am buying you your airline ticket to come to the Philippines. I said, Amen. So listen, I just tell you something. I'm exhausted. But I'm gonna say hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now everybody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Why do we shout? Because, the, because it's biblical. Who said that? Okay. Because the Bible says, blessed are the people that know how to shout. And it says, shouts of joy are, is heard in the tent of the righteous. Do I have any righteous people in the house? Is there any shouts of joy in your house lately? Amen. Before I preach the show and tell part three this morning... I want to say, because last Wednesday, we had about 30 people outside, and we let up some fire, like really some fire went up, and amazing time of worship and testimonies. And I asked, would you like to do that next Wednesday? They all said yes. Truthfully, I didn't want to, but last night, the lady spoke about a bonfire. How many was here and heard her? What did they do? 
Was it her or was it Pastor Marlene? I think it was Pastor Marlene. They brought, they brought all their things, the youth, that's not holy, and they put it in there. Bring your things Wednesday night. Don't be shy. <laughs> if you don't want to bring the exact thing, you know, it's show and tell. Bring, bring a piece of paper and write in it stress, write in it lust, write in it pornography, write in it whatever it is that you're in bondage to, and put it in the fire on Wednesday night. Is that a good deal? Amen. So we will have, I checked the weather today, it's going to be another great and awesome fall evening. It was amazing. It was some people walking by, and they stood, they stayed there watching to see what was going on in here. The men's retreat, you do need to know that, uh, you know, just in case if you not, have not known yet, you need to bring your own pillow, just like Jesus did wherever he went, and you bring your own linen and carpool. Please don't take your car alone, you know, because that's not good. If I see you coming alone, you need to have at least one person with you, one man with you. Let's carpool together. Amen? 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 Kingdom, kingdom people go four in one car. People who are not kingdom, they go one in four, in four cars. So we need to have four men one because of parking place over there. Praise God. Pastor Sergio, would you come? Can you give him a microphone, please? He has no idea why I'm calling him. Come over here, please. What, what are we doing, you and I, uh, on the October 6th and 7th? Good morning, church. How are you? 6th and 7th of October is going to be amazing. We're going to have a big conference in Boston at Westin Hotel by the Copley Square, right there, the beautiful and fancy hotel. On Friday night, Papa, on the 6th, we're going to have a gala dinner. It's going to be a special dinner for about 300, 400 people. And we are advertising because that's for the kingdom of God. That is with the association that I work, Adonap, International Association of Businessmen of Full Gospel. And women, now, men and women. Men and women, okay. yes. We don't allow small children, if you are, um, have infant, that you are breastfeeding, you are welcome to bring your infant. Wonderful. Yeah. And on Saturday morning, what time I'm preaching? In that Saturday connection? morning, Papa is going to be preaching uh, to this Portuguese gathering, but we're going to have translator there. I'm going to be translating him. And, and then uh, it's going to be about 9 o'clock in the morning. We're going to start 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, the 7th, until 10 p.m., and we're just going to leave for lunch or wow. coffee. And you're going to stay there all Saturday, all day. So you invited to come. You, you should um, register for the dinner and also for the, con the convention. The convention is free, but the dinner you have to pay for. Praise or Papa Lord. is going to pay for you. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Papa. Yeah. You are welcome. Do they take food stamps? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Guatemala. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me tell you how generous the people of CCF Lowell are. We are only short 1,000 to build house number five. Number five. So remember when I said to you, we started with one, we went up to two, to three, and at last, you know, even yesterday, somebody, one person gave another 3,000. It takes $3,000 to build, to build a house. We are short of 1,000 to build house number five. Who are you to give that 1,000 today? No, but it could take four people to 50. I mean this. 
Anybody here today can say? Okay, it's sold. We got, a, we got the last house. Praise the Lord. It's, um, it really is an incredible. Thank you all for the gift. $10, $500, $200, whatever. Because if, if I could take you all there and see these people who really live in plastic bags and receiving the key to this house for the first time in their life is amazing. Because we are able to do five because Pastor Rebecca go to do 10, now gonna, her goal is going to go up to 12, and she will do it. So blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for that. God bless you all. Amen. So show and tell has been the, the theme for the series. And uh, how many of you had a show and tell experience in school? Were you ever excited about that? Oh, I remember when my kids asked me, you know, there was a couple of times in my life where I had to go as a parent, as a father, and do you know, and I could really couldn't, couldn't, didn't sleep. But today, the show and tell that we are talking about is not about showing your favorite stuffed animal or your favorite toy. It's about showing and tell the most glorious being that ever came to the earth, this divine second person of the Trinity that became flesh so that he could die, so that you and I can live forever with him. Amen. It's all about showing Jesus. I walked in and the first song was shine, Jesus, shine, that the whole world may know. That the whole world may know. I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty sure many of you will agree with me. The days that we are living in right now, I've been saved for 53 years. Uh, I've known Jesus as my personal Savior for 53 years. I've been preaching and teaching the Word of God for 50 years. I've been the pastor in this house for 40 years. I have never, ever, throughout those 53 years, seen the, the, the intensity and, and the extent of evil and craziness that's happening in the world today. Beside the tragic deeds. Today, we, we, on Monday, we hear about a flood in Libya. On Tuesday, earthquake in Morocco. On Thursday, we hear a fire in Hawaii, uh, Vermont, underwater. Leminster, underwater for a few days. A whole dealership, the cars were gone. Uh, it's incredible. It's mind-blowing. And we are still playing around. And we are still thinking that things are just like usual. It's not. It is not. It's not. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to stand up. And it's time for the church to speak up. It's time for the church is the only one left in the closet that did not come out of the closet. Everybody else coming out of the closet. And they're not, ashamed. they're not ashamed. They're not even embarrassed. Actually, they have a, they have a campaign to, to come after our children with their own evil ideologies. And we are embarrassed. We are ashamed to speak about Jesus. It's show and tell time. It's time not just to tell, but to show. It's time not just to show, but to tell. Hallelujah. So back in 1953 in Beirut, Lebanon, in one of the most 
beautiful places in the world. How beautiful Lebanon is. People ask me, I say, just read your Bible. It's mentioned there 65 times. And, and it says, Jesus is as beautiful as Lebanon. That's how beautiful it is. And, and, and you know, Lebanon uh, it means uh, Leban. Leban is, is, is yogurt. Yogurt because it's white. Because the mountains of Lebanon are white almost half of the year. The only ones in that whole region where people go skiing all the time and, and swimming. Beautiful, beautiful land. And, and this boy was born, Raful Gibran Najem. In, in, in Latin is Raphael Gabriel Najem. Hallelujah. Hey, I had an idea that was so holy. Raphael Gabriel, that's a, uh, three, three Greek Orthodox, Antiochian Orthodox uh, saints, angels, Raphael, Gabriel, and Michael. We have a feast for them in there. And then uh, it grew up to age 17, and was age 17, you know, met this amazing man of God, Dr. Elias Melki, and, and uh, just, uh, he was, the, he was the, the vessel that God used to change my life forever, and to mentor me, and to disciple me. Did you hear what I said in part one? This is part three. This man, because I couldn't, because of my, my Antiochian Orthodox family became so, so upset with me that they forbid me to go to church, and I, was, I, was, I had to, to listen to them for a whole year and not able to go to where, where I got saved. But this man used to wait for me every morning, every morning for a whole year in his car and feed me the word of God for 15 minutes before, on my way to school. Why am I saying this again? Because I need the leadership in this house to arise, to wake up. We need disciples. We need people that are willing to give time. This morning, as I was in worship, I felt so strongly to get up and give a word. But truthfully, I want to tell you, come on, I'm so physically tired, I couldn't get up to do it. And the word that the Lord put on my heart to share with you is this. Some of us are so and not satisfied with the status quo. Many of us are not satisfied we, we all know that we need more. We all know that there is more. Am I, am I, am I right? Do I, are you going to talk to me today or are you going to just leave me by myself here? You know, this, but this, the word of the Lord that came to my heart to tell you is, you think that you want more, God's saying he wants more of you. We think that we want more of God and God's saying, I want more of you. We think, I think personally, after 53 years that I've done so much, I get up and God's saying, you did nothing. I want more of you. Who's ready today to give more to God? And, and there is no other way to do it but to serve your fellow man. And the best way to serve your fellow man is two things. To pray for him, to pray for her, and to teach her the word of God. And that's your son. That's your daughter. That's the people that you live with. We're going to talk about that a lot today. Uh, by the way, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I'm tired. So don't, don't misread my face. Hallelujah. I am definitely going to take two days off this week and hopefully put my phone away. Praise the Lord. God is so good. So this young man went to a high school that's full of Muslims. And, and, and um, that's how I grew up. Even though that the high school was an Antiochian Orthodox 
run by Ashmendrit. Ashmendrit is one, one, one um, office under a bishop. And this Ashmendrit will stand up on the stairways on top. It's got a big ring in his eye, and every student has to come up before go class, go up and kiss the ring. I, I refused to. And I was only 17 and a half. And he looked at me like, go step over there, see me in my office. And uh, I, I, I shared with him my testimony. You know what this Ashmi did? He saw a huge, big black beard, black robe. He respected me. He respected me. Don't ever feel or believe the devil that you cannot share your testimony. People will look down at you. It's the opposite. The best sermon you could preach, each one of you, is your testimony. Is what happened to you? Where were you? Where have you been? Where are you going? You share that with any human being that has any common sense will respect you. He respected me. He did not kick me out of the school. He kept me on the... He was our religious you know, uh, teacher. And, and, and I used to always you know, get A plus in the class. Because at the age of 17, I fell so in love with the word of God that it was my breakfast, my lunch, my afternoon, my, my snacks. Uh, I, I didn't, uh, we, I couldn't watch television because I was a no-no when you get saved in Lebanon uh, or, or listen to a radio. All what I did is, is read the word. That's all what I did is read the word, munch the word, memorize the word of God. And, and I believe today I'm here to really provoke you and say to you, when was your last meal from the Word of God? When did you have a, 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 a five-course meal with your, the Bible in front of you, the dictionary of the Bible, concordances, notepapers, pens, and ate and ate and ate the Word? You can't grow without eating. You cannot grow without eating. You cannot survive without food. And, and, you, and, and you cannot thrive without a five-course meal every day. I was sitting during worship thinking about where I'm going to go out to eat today. Because I just still, I still love food. But I love the word of God. Like so, it's like honey to my soul. And without reading and studying and memorizing, reading, studying, and memorizing the word of God, you've got nothing to show. That's why you have nothing to tell. When you have nothing to show, you have nothing to tell. Because you could, you could tell a few things, but if you've got nothing to show, you're going to become bored. And the people listening to you, they're going to become bored. You're going to be able to show what you are talking about. Are we together this morning? Am I hitting you between the eyes? This is just the, the introduction. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then this, this young man in the middle started gathering other young men and having Bible studies with. Young man in the, in the middle of this picture. Look at the hair on that young man. I don't know when I go to heaven if I'm going to get a new head of hair. That would be nice. Doesn't matter, I see Jesus. I'll be with Jesus. Hair, no hair, be with Jesus. 
but it's nice to have hair. I look at some of you that have so much hair, I say, Lord, God Almighty, keep me from jealousy. And then, and then um, this young man went to Bible school uh, for two years. And uh, looks like Elvis Presley here with those sides. You know. <laughs> that old man behind me uh, was my Hebrew teacher. He was my Greek teacher. He was an English man. Uh, and, but he took class with, us, with me too. I don't remember what kind of class was that. But next to me, I, there was a man from Jordan and another one from Egypt, and that British man who spoke Arabic. And, um, and then you all know my dear, beautiful mother. I taught, I taught you about her, how, how fanatic she was and how she used to burn my Bibles and, and, and to protect me from what she felt that I was bewitched. Uh, I was, you know, uh, not going on the, on the, on the right path because she didn't know better, because she did all that because of her love. But the beautiful thing is that the last 12 years of our life, we, we lived together and we prayed together daily. And I read the Bible for her every day. And, and she confessed Jesus. She will talk to them. I will catch her talking to Jesus like I never did. She, because she's so simple-minded, not very, you know, educated lady as far as school, but educated of the school of life more than, more than all of us. And she will talk to me like this, hey, listen, there's my granddaughter's wedding next month, so leave me alone now. I did the wedding. After the wedding, you could take me, but not now. Don't take me now. I'm not ready. There's a wedding. After the wedding, you could do that, okay? <laughs> That's how she talked to him, and I heard her, you know? And then when the wedding goes over and month goes by, she goes to him, hello, did you, did you forget my address? I'm ready. Why, why, I, why aren't you taking me? And another wedding will come. Oh, not now. So she lived to be 95, and um, blessed be the, her name. And this young man grew up and immigrated to this country, privileged to be landed. Oh, I could see she landed that picture way back there. Immigrated uh, 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 to this country because I was kidnapped from my house by the Palestinian Liberation Organization. By the way, my book made Amazon. It's available on Amazon right now. You could, you could, uh, you could go on Amazon and, and buy it for very inexpensive, $15. But I was able to get 50 of them myself for very, very little. I'll have them in a few days. I probably will sell them at the Meserity for only $10 a piece. Hallelujah. So, uh, I, the, miraculously, supernaturally, divinely, the, the Lord protected me from those kidnappers, and they didn't kill me. But I knew at that moment that it's time to get out of the country. It's time to leave. I had no idea where I was going. I got a, a small boat with my brother, and, and we left Lebanon uh, in a very... I don't want to take too much time about this, but you could read the book, The Miraculous Liberation, that God has liberated me uh, supernaturally, amazingly, amazing, uh, amazing supernatural events that took place daily, Took me about 40 days. Finally, I end up in Boston, and in Boston, um, I grew from from working as a custodian at a car dealership to a salesman, to a sales manager, to a general manager, to having the, the dealership myself. But then I was not happy. I was making a lot of money, driving fancy cars, going play. I was not really happy because 
I was running away from the call of God on my life. I was involved in business and, and all that, but I knew in my heart because the moment I got saved, I started preaching in my bedroom to empty chairs and I preached to my steering wheel. But when I, when I became a car salesman, you know, I never drove a car, I never owned a car, and now I'm a car salesman. And it was so funny selling cars, having no idea what the heck am I talking about. But because of my, my beautiful hair and my accent, I sold a lot of cars. Did very well with all these beautiful ladies here in America. They bought a lot of cars from me. But in, it, was, it was in 1982 when I, when I met Pastor Vi and Pastor John, and we, we, we started meeting in his house with about maybe 20 people, and from there, CCF was born. And, and uh, in, in 87, we were incorporated, became, uh, you know, 250 people. Uh, and then in 1990 is when I decided, that's it, no more business. And I decided to go in a full-time ministry. And I told you this before, but I'll tell you again, because it's show and tell. My, my income went down 80% when I made that decision. But we never, my family and I never lacked a penny. Never lacked, never had a bill that was not paid. Never, my, my family never went without a vacation every year. Beautiful vacations, uh, beautiful clothes, beautiful sneakers. Back then, a sneaker was $100 a sneaker. And my son changed four of them every year. And no problem. Money was always, was never an issue. Never. Even though, if I tell you what I was making and still am making, you'll, you'll feel sorry for me. But don't because... Because never lack, because God is faithful. And whenever God gives a vision, he, he brings a provision with it. And I chose this picture here because this was the first CCF that was born out of CCF, laying hands on Pastor Bishop, Bishop Nawayaki, Pastor Ann, sending him out. I have no idea what year was that, but that's many, many years ago. And send them out. To, to uh, is that you, Bishop, laying hands with me on them? I don't know who that person is. You know, but we laid hands on them and sent them out uh, to, to Worcester to start the first CCF that was started from here. And now we, have, we, met, we had a meeting yesterday on Zoom. There was 47 pastors and ministers in the meeting. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we're up to about 16 CCF churches in the whole world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, um, and how many remember Brother Ernie Henson? This man, you know, God has blessed us. Do you remember those curtains? Do you remember this, the, the granite on this house? And You know, this is why I chose this, because this is one of the major milestones. Because of this man, we, we had a Bible school for two years in here, because he was a professor in North Point. And he, brought an ex he made our place to be an extension of, of that. But then I want us today to look into the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 35 to 51. Together, open your Bible if you have it with you. If you are really a holy person, you brought your Bible, open it up. If you are so-so, you brought your telephone. But if you are, you know, whatever, you could look at the screen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. Are you ready to be challenged today? Are you ready to be challenged today? Are you ready to be challenged today? 
Amen. Hallelujah. I walked in last Sunday because I was preaching at Brazilian church downtown. I walked in in here and I saw you all talking to some people and I saw so many tears and so many eyes. I was like, wow. Was that last Sunday morning amazing, powerful? I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Did you just cry and did you feel the power of God? But did something happen to your life? Are you being transformed? Are you being changed? Are you being challenged? You know, because there is no time to waste anymore. There is no time to waste. The end of this world is near. Very near. Closer than ever. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, look, he had his own show and tell. Look, behold, the Lamb of God. This is a prophet, the last prophet of the Old Testament, the prophet of fire. The spirit of Elijah was on him. He, he went out into the wilderness, the Bible says. He did not have business cards. He did not have Google he did not have, you know, a Facebook. He went out and multitudes went looking for him. Do you know why is that? The guy was a wild beast, long hair, long beard, you know, ate locusts and honey. That's, that was his diet. He must smell so bad. Yet multitudes went looking for him. Today, I believe from all of my heart, multitudes are looking for the John the Baptist. I believe from all my heart, multitudes are looking for the people of God that are, have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. Uh, not every church is the hope of the world. Not every believer is the hope of the world. Not every fellowship is the light of the world. Only a devotioned believer, a believer that is on fire for God, a church that is mobilized, activated with a great commission as their vision is the hope of the world. A silent believer is no hope not even for himself. A quiet fellowship that has never witnessed never brought somebody to the Lord, is a dead church, dead fellowship. I'm here to wake us all up. I'm here to blow the trumpet in Zion. I'm here to show and tell and say, it's time to stand up like John the Baptist. You know why? Because the Bible says that in the last days, the spirit of Elijah will come again, that John the Baptist will arise again. The forerunners. John the Baptist was the forerunner of the first coming of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm talking about? We are the John the Baptist of this age. We are the forerunners of the second coming of the Lord. And it's our duty to point the world to Jesus. It's, ours, it's our job to speak up. You cannot point without opening your mouth and say, Behold the Lamb of God. 
Behold, I want you to see Jesus. The Samaritan woman, hallelujah, the one that, that was so ashamed to go in the right time to draw water. She always used to go alone in the middle of the day. It was so hot. Nobody goes draw water at that time of day. The reason she used to go like that, the Bible says, because she had five husbands. And the one that she's living with is not her husband. So she was the talk of the town. So she used to be, go alone. But when she met Jesus, she left her pale right there she didn't care about who thinks what about her she ran into her village and she told the whole village come see come see come see a man that changed my life come see a man that put a song in my heart come see a man that is, no, is nothing like any other man that I have experienced and the Bible says the whole village went out and they, oh, that woman saved a whole village because all what she did is show and tell. Come see. Come see. Come see. And then at the end of the story, the Bible says, they came to her and says, we don't believe anymore because you told us. Because, but we believe because we have seen with our own eyes. And we have touched him. And we have met him like you did. Wouldn't it be amazing if your whole household will be saved this year? I'm not talking about Lowell. I'm talking about your immediate family. Your household. Your nieces, your nephews, your uncles, your aunts. Your in-laws, your outlaws will come to see Jesus this November, this December. Come on, somebody. Come see. Behold, the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teachers, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. I believe from all my heart the day has come. Listen to me, people of God. Pay attention here. You're sitting here. Pay attention to what I'm saying. I believe from all my heart the Spirit of the Lord, as of right now, as of today, those of us who are really serious about being a disciple with Jesus, of Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is going to give you such a grace. People are going to say to you, where are you staying? Where do you go? Where do you fellowship? Where do you go to church? And all what you have to do is, is, all what you have to do is say, come and see. How many believes by now that the Lord brought you here and the Lord gave you an amazing place to worship? Do, is there anybody in the house? Do you believe? Do you believe this is an amazing? If, if you don't believe this by now, I don't know what you're still doing here. Really, I really don't. But I do believe I've seen, I've, I've seen all the people that came last night from, from some came from Springfield. Where's Springfield, Bishop? Two and a half hours they drove to be here. Some came from Northfield, another two and a half hours. A, a, this big, tall, white, uh, black pastor woman came all the way from Cape Cod. And as I met her last night, I said, are you staying in town? She goes, no, I'm going back. I said, you're going to drive back? She goes, yeah, but it was worth it for me to come and be here. At, at 9.15 9 p.m., I was outside leaving like 
so tight like this, and these five, six young people, maybe in, in early 20s, outside, still talking about what happened. I said to them, where are you from? They said, from West Springfield. I said, did you just drive down? Yes, and, and, and we will do it again. It was worth being here for the glory of God is here. I, I remember when Pastor Zenzo, who, who used to be one of our worship leaders, he was with us for about 10 years in here, and now he came out from here, and he was sent out from here, and now he's, he, he, he started a church not too long ago, and now he has four services on Sunday. And that man, young man used to tell us all the time, God lives here. I'm talking about this place, this building right here, this temple. This temple, Temple Bethel, I thank God for, for Senator because of him. We met the people that used to own this place and we coexisted with them for two years. We were preaching together. Do you remember we were preaching on the industrial have about, temp, about Bethel? We were preaching about Bethel. We, we had a ladder in the, in the sanctuary and we had people going up and down. Who remembers that? Why we were preaching about that Bethel. I came here and this was called Bethel. And guess what they had right here? Before we build this, they had the whole story of Jacob from the beginning of the dream to the latter. It was all engraved right here. The same thing that we were preaching about. There is no coincidence in this house. There is no coincidence in this ministry. Every moment, every hour, every day, every year for the last four years have been years of miracles and supernatural manifestation of the love of God and the grace of God. You know what we are, we are called by so many people outside a house of grace. Because this really place full of grace, this is place is full of grace, full of grace and mercy, and full of supernatural manifestation of the love of God. Don't be embarrassed about your church. Tell the people that will ask you, come and see. Jesus says, come and see. And the two, one of the two who heard him speak and, and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon. Um, I found something in this passage I've never seen before. Wait till I get you to see it. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. We're going to see in this, this chapter, it's all about family. It's all about family. You need to start with your family. This guy is bringing his brother and he's saying, come, I have found Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Have you told your brother about Jesus? Have you told your, told your nephew about Jesus? Have you told your mother-in-law about Jesus? Have you told your father, your stepfather, your step? Have you opened your mouth and told your family about the Messiah? And he brought him to Jesus. I love this. Verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. If Andrew did not open his mouth, we would never have sent Peter. If Elias Melki did not obey the Lord and went back to Beirut, Lebanon as a, a four-square missionary. After he was in America, given the, he was given the opportunity to pastor a church with Jack Hayford together. That became the first the first mega church in America, in North Hollywood, California. His denomination did not want to send him to Lebanon. They argued with it. They, we, they said, we have no interest in Lebanon. We don't even know where that is. We want you to start a church in San Bernardino. 
We wanted to church in the valley because this is where things are. This is where churches will grow. He stood with tears. He goes, I want to go back to my country. I want to go back to Lebanon. He brought his wife from Texas with, with her two babies and went back to Lebanon and started a church that had only 20 members. But because of that, because of his obedience, because he came and, and he found me on the streets and he tapped me exactly on my shoulder and he invited me to come see. I am who I am today. I am who I am today. I've been, I've been to so many, I've been to so many places in my last 40 years, so many, more than the hairs in your head preaching the gospel. I must, I believe from all my heart and the glory of God, I must have at least 5,000 sons and daughters that came to the Lord because of my ministry. At least, at least. And then what I found and I sat next to so many people, they all told me stories and the majority that I met in my life, the majority of pastors that I met in my life, they all told me the testimony how they get saved in, Billy, in one of Billy Graham's crusades. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of men and women of God that pastoring churches all over the world got saved. I remember when the Billy Graham Association came to Methuen, Massachusetts. I was a car dealer at that time, and I used to know about him, so I devoted and I gave cars, my own dealership, to, for them to be used, and I, and I became one of the committee that prepared, raised $90,000 for that meeting to take place, for one meeting in a Methuen High School, and I took my brother-in-law, and I took my brother, and, and I gave God the glory and the honor. Now I have three sisters and, and one biological brother, three brothers, that they all watch me on Facebook every day. And they are saved and they love the Lord. Hallelujah. You got to tell your family, come and see. Come and take a look for yourself. I met a, a young uh, Kenyan lady in, 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 in one of the meetings that Cecilia, uh, forgive me if I don't remember your name, I don't know if you're here. And she, uh, we asked her to talk. She talked and she told me about when she came from, from Kenya and they knew nobody. And, and, and then they met George, Brother George, and Brother George told them about this church. And then, then her, her husband started working with Bishop and Bishop told them about the church. And then uh, an, another person, three, four people, I said, wow, we've got four people telling us about this church. We better come here. So they came uh, about six years ago or so. Are, are you here? If I'm telling you a story, somebody, and, 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 and someday I'll have interview her. You are here, right there, right? Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. And most of you are here because somebody told you. Am I right, somebody? Am I right, somebody? Somebody told you. Hallelujah. And, and then now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas. Listen to me. You will never know who that person that you bring is going to be. You will, he might become the next Billy Graham. And you will be the one that get the reward. I'm very serious. You would never know who the person you might bring him as a Simon. When he gets here, he'll become a Pira. You'll bring him as a Saul. He will become Paul. Are you listening? Did you just listen to what I said? Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You might bring him as Ralph the Fool. He'll become Raphael. 
You might bring him a drunkard and he'll become a hero. Andrew brought Simon and Simon became Peter. Hallelujah. The, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Hello? We're talking about a neighborhood here. We're talking about a community here in this passage. Philip found Nathaniel. Raful found Paul. Paul found Nick. Nick found Bob. Rob. Hello, somebody. Philip found Nathaniel. <laughs> Are you loving this? Yes. Because I really don't care because I'm loving it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm having ecstasy here right now. I'm not, I'm not tired anymore. Yeah. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophet wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of God. And Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come from Lowell? No, no, I'm sorry. Can anything, good, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Come and see. They're going to tell you. Are you, are you, you. You invite me to Lowell. I've heard that before. I did. When we were down in Industrial Ave, I heard people who became members and leaders of this church and saying, Lowell, man, I can't get with Karari. Lowell, King, Lowell. Can anything good come out of Lowell? Yes, I'm here. I remember, I remember, Senator, may I talk about you for a moment? I don't care if you say no. Oh, yes, I'm going to. I went, I was invited to go see him being honored by UMass. Because this man that we are so privileged and honored to have him to be part of us, you have no clue. Um, he, he is the reason why we have the Lowell Connector. He's the reason why UMass have a science you know, the permit, uh, some nuclear science, is that what it's called? Something like that. Uh, yeah, thank you. He's the reason why the court, that new court, he is the reason. Because he was in charge of all way and means, and, and he brought all that money to Lowell. And you know what they, what they honored him one after the other, all these big shot people? And I heard it. They all said, he's, only, he's the only one, he's one of very few people that could count on one hand that he still lives in Lowell. Because everybody else that became big shot left. He still was just one. You know, we, we have been called to be in this city. And we bless this city. And, and if anyone says to you, is anything good God from Lowell? Tell them, yes, there's a CCF. There's a CCF in Lowell. And we are in Lowell. Come, somebody help me out here today. Oh, man, I'm preaching good this morning. And Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. You, know, you don't have to preach. Just say, come and see. Come and see. Listen, the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this house in such a beautiful, powerful way. I say, I go home and say, my goodness, every Sunday is better than last. A couple of Sundays, I said, I, said to, I said to somebody, I said, I don't think, I don't think there's any better than this. The only thing better than this would be heaven. I'm very, I'm very serious. I've been around. I've gone to big churches, small churches, all kind of churches. What we have here is very 
precious. Very special. You know what we have here? We have authenticity. We have a humility. We don't have a lot of smart people. We don't have very sophisticated musicians or, or the best singers. Or, but we have probably the most beautiful worship experience. And I heard that from hundreds of visitors. We have the presence of the Almighty God. And then when Jesus saw Nathaniel, he's coming, he goes to him, he said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no, there is no deceit. Uh, and Nathaniel said to him, Wow, how do you know me? Listen, you tell people to come see, they're, they're going to experience prophetic words over them. They're going to be like, Oh, these people, they know me. They used to, people go to John Pepper and say to him, You told him, because when I was in a, still in a business, I only came to preach on Sunday. For about five years, that's all my function was in the church, preaching on Sunday. But when I used to come and preach on Sunday, I used to speak things and people, you know, many people say, you must have told them. You must have told them what I told you yesterday. You did tell them, didn't you tell them? And they had a fight. Uh, why, why, would you tell, why, why would you go tell Raful? My name back then was Raful. It was not pastor. Raful. Why did you tell Raful of everything I told you? He's preaching about me. And John goes, I didn't tell him. There's something called the Holy Spirit. He told them. I'm very serious. That happens hundreds of times. And I believe it's still happening. How many have ever sat here and say, who, how did he know? Yes. Because the Holy Spirit knows. And we love the Holy Spirit in this house. And we are Holy Spirit sensitive. And we give him the freedom to manifest himself. And your people, your people needs an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Tell them, come and see. Oh! How do you know me? Jesus answered to him, are you kidding me? Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel goes, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. This is what people are going to do when they come. They're going to meet him and they're going to say, oh, Lord, you are my God. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. You believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending. Upon the Son of Man, I declare and decree to all of us today, we will see heaven open again over this house. And we will see angels. We will see angels. If we are ready as a corporate fellowship to say, Lord, okay, you want more of me? Here I am. In a few moments, we're going to come to him right now, running to our faces and say, here I am, use me. Here I am, I surrender. Here I am, I want to give you more of me. And we will do that and we will see heaven open and we'll see angels descending up ascending hallelujah and miracles will take place the lame will walk the blind will see the deaf will hear prosperity will fill businesses see good news is not good news 
Good news is not good news unless it is told. Good news is not good news unless it's told. Did I lose you? Did you lose me? Good news. The gospel is what? Good news. I love what Jack Hayford said once. I never forget that. Many, many years ago. He goes, he goes to, to his people. Uh, I've been to his church. It was like the first mega church. 10,000 people in the first, in the first floor. Uh, when I, we were about two minutes late. We went to the second floor. It was locked. Third floor, it was locked. The fourth floor was locked. We finally found one seat, my pastor and I, in the fifth floor in North Hollywood, California. And he was speaking. I was telling the people, I know many of you love to gossip. Can I tell you something you could do? Why don't you gossip the gospel? You love to gossip anyway. So if you want to gossip, gossip something good. Stop talking about your mother-in-law. Talk about the gospel. Gossip the gospel. Good news. It's not good news until it is told. I heard the preacher one time say, I could raise the dead in this house. And if no one goes out and tells somebody about it, nothing will happen. One of the most powerful tools that God gave each one of us is the tongue. And the devil lies to you and tells you, you cannot do that. You cannot speak. You know, uh, you, you, you don't have that in you. You're not, you're not that person. Are you kidding me? You should tell them, are you kidding me? Don't you know me? I, I talk forever. I, I don't shut up. I annoy people. And let me invite all of you that annoy people. Annoy them with the gospel. You'll have a better reward. Get the hell out of them. Good news is not good news until it's so taught. I believe we are hearing the word, the Lord in this house. And what we are hearing, we're going to impart to you. So that together we could say and adopt the great commission as the vision. The great the commission is our vision. What is the great commission? Listen. There's two most important teaching in the Word of God in the New Testament. There's the great commandment and the great commission. The, uh, these, you know these, you know everything. The great commandment, love the Lord your God from all your heart. The great commission, go and make disciples. Teaching them and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go, you know. There's in Matthew 28, 16, there's the Great Commission. And then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. All authority has been given to me. Go therefore. Go. 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 And make disciples. You know that you don't just meet. You could make. You, you, you could make. You're supposed to be a disciple maker that makes disciples. You, every disciple in the house, is a disciple maker that makes disciples. 
It's not my job only. It is mine, but it's not mine only. It's not bishops only. It's not Pastor Harun. It's not Evangelist Robert. Every believer in this house should be a disciple that makes disciples that makes disciples. I have a dream. I really do. I'm dreaming again. At this age, I really am. Because I learned, I learned, and I shared this with the pastors on, on Zoom. I learned that my, my daughter and I went to a conference together, and I heard that man of God say something I never heard before. That the, the Hebrew word for dream is the same Hebrew word for health. Healthy people dream dreams. You're not dreaming, you're not healthy. Sick. Today I'm going to shoot you and, and get you back to health and give you, you know, a shot right in your veins to help you dream again. One of the dreams that I'm dreaming right now that there will be a soul sitting on every seat in this sanctuary. In every one. There's 530, I counted them, 530 seats in this sanctuary. And do you know why it's so important? Numbers are very important to God, very important. Don't ever think, numbers are very important. So important, he put a book called Book of Numbers. He, on, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 get saved. He, he, he gets the number, he counts them. You know why? Because every number is a soul. In a plane, in a plane, in a flight, they, they count you, not a passenger, they count you. There's 245 souls. They have no idea what they're talking about. Just like the insurance company, they say, act of God. Uh, we don't cover that because it's acts of God, but we don't believe in God, but it's the acts of God. I, I have a dream. Will, will, will you dream with me? This is a good dream. Every one of these empty seats should not be empty anymore. Standing up on that mother's room that we're building up there, I stood up there one day, I said, oh my goodness, we could put a balcony for another 200 people. That's more souls. The kingdom. That's, that's the thing. We have to clean this stinking thinking. It's not about just, you know, because we want to be big. No, because we want more souls to the kingdom. Hallelujah. You know, there's a go in God. Look at that word God. Can I see the word God up there? Hallelujah. Let there be Next, please. Hallelujah. Here it is. G-O-D. The first two letters are what? Hello. Hello. Why are you daydreaming? Why, why, why are you interested in what I'm talking to you about right now? God. The first to ever go. You know, he's the first, he's the first sender. He said, who, the, the Bible says God had a conference and said, who shall we go? And the second person said, I'll go. And he was sent to the sent. The Bible, I'm teaching you Bible. Jesus was sent to the sent. He was sent by God. To the sent. Who's the sent? Us. Go. 
There's a go in God, therefore there should be a go in God's people. And, and when you go, you need to show before you tell. It's called show and tell. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. When necessary, use words. What he's trying to say, the saint, what he's saying is you could preach the gospel with your action and your behavior may, way more than your words. And, and if you have nothing to show, you have nothing to tell. People need to see before they hear you. It's more effective that you show. There's two or three reasons I'm going to end with this. Oh, two questions I want to ask you right now, and I'm going to ask you to stand up. Do you believe? Do you care? The only reason I believe, I'm going to talk about myself. In this last five months, I've been feeling this. You could stand on your feet right now. Because I see some of us getting a little itchy when I go home. And I really, I, I cried. I said, Lord, how can I go on in this life pretending that business is usual? I'm seeing thousands among thousands dying in earthquakes and floods and fire. I see child abuse, domestic abuse. I see, I see suicidal spirits attacking homes, teenagers. I see young girls cutting. I hear about boys taking pills. Do I believe? Do I believe there's hell? Do I believe that if people don't meet Jesus, they will go there? And if I do, then why I am not opening my mouth? It's going to be, there's only, one, there's only one of these two. It's either I really don't believe or I do believe, but I don't care. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. I was really having this conversation with myself and God. Do I really believe? Especially when I heard about Libya. Because I know when I, I come from that part of the world, when they say 20,000 died, that's 50,000. Where did they go? Where would my nephew go if he dies tomorrow, God forbid? Do I really believe? And if I do believe, do I really care? Jesus says, you wait, I'll give you power. Not to have goosebumps, not, not, not to show off so that you will be my witness. First, you should receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria. That means in Lowell, in, in Drakeit, in, in Tewksbury. And, in, and then in Boston, in, in, in New York and all over the world. But more than that, let's bring it even closer. 
in your living room, in your dining room, in your bedroom, with your spouse, with your children, with your uncles, with your nieces, with your nephews, before you go out and say, I want to be an evangelist and win the world, win your own people first. Win your house. I heard I, I, Thursday night, I went to another church this last Thursday night. That's why I'm so tired. I was in church for 10 o'clock was at NEP, my friends over there, you know, and this woman, old woman preacher from Boston, she, she got up and, 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 and she said, have you, uh, um, does your family who, are, who drinks and, 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 and do all nasty things when they invite you to their parties, do they respect you enough not to do any of these things in front of you and wait until you leave? Or do you join them? And if you're joining them doing the things that you should not be doing, no wonder why your testimony is weak. You're not going to be able to show and tell while you are vomiting from the alcohol that they have been drinking with you. How much do you love your friends, the teenagers that are dying? Do you love them enough not to smoke marijuana with them so that when you stand and say to them, Jesus is the Savior of the world, they'll be able to listen to you and respect you? She said, this woman, her and her husband, you know, they're old, they're about 80-some years old. She goes, for the last 50 years, their, their family, you know, they, don't either, they either don't invite them, or when they invite them, they cannot wait for them to get up and leave so they could party after they leave. We're going to have a campaign in the next two months, especially November and December. We're going to call it Friends and Family Sundays. We'll give you more information about it. Because when I saw this passage, Bishop, I've never seen it like that. This guy brought his brother. It's the whole familia. The whole familia came to Jesus just because, come see, come see, come see. Earlier during the sermon, I said something. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How many really today can say, I really want more, but I want him to have more because I really want to see open heaven over my life. Come running to the altar right now. Come running to the altar right now. Come running to the altar right now. Only if there's only two or three people, does not matter. Hallelujah. I'll take time to pray with you. I'll take time so that together I, w- I want to see open heaven. I want to see open heaven over my house, over my family. I want to see open heaven in my street, in my corner, in my neighbors. It's time, my people, it's time. This is the hour, this is the time to open our mouth. To just simply say, come see, come see. I said it before, I said again. If every one of us will bring one person, one person this fall, this sanctuary will be full of souls that will go to heaven. Hallelujah. I remember the first sermon I preached when I was 17 and a half years old. I remember it because I wrote it down. 
I read the whole thing. I remember saying this. I said to the people that came, friends of mine were invited, they came. I said, I'm here just to say one thing. I'm going to heaven. I don't want to take you all with me. I am going to heaven. And I want to take you all with me. I want to populate heaven. And I want to close hell. I don't want anyone. I want to empty hell and populate heaven. Hey, come on, somebody. I don't want, I don't, Moses goes, take me, but save my people. Paul says, wipe me off, but, but, but save my people. I don't want any of my friends, my families to go to hell. I got, I got three funerals next week. I got one 23-year-old man just shot himself. Another man doing his funeral tomorrow morning here. He, he, he got killed on an accident, on a, on a motorcycle, and the woman with him got killed. And, 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 and another, you know, where are these people going? Do you know where you're going? Hallelujah. I know if I drop that right now, I'll be with Jesus. Amen. I'll be with Jesus. Just like that, I'll be with Jesus. And because of that, I don't want to stop opening my mouth and tell everybody, come and see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up right now, my brothers, my sisters. Lift your hands up. And say to him, Lord, I give you more. You heard me say, I want more of you. But today, I give you more of me. Take me. Mold me, shape me, fill me, use me. All right, don't say anything right now. Father, I pray for all these special people that are standing here. You see them, Lord. You see how young they are. You see how old they are. You see, Lord, everything about them. Lord, I pray today. For a spirit of boldness that will come upon them. My prayer today for me and for my people. That we will really believe in what we believe in. And that we will really care enough to tell everybody. Oh, everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. He's the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the Savior. He's the only Savior. Yes. And nothing is going to save you, my friend, but Jesus. Come and see. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. We pray the Lord has used this message to speak to you today. If you'd like to stay connected, please subscribe to our weekly podcasts. We pray God's blessing over you wherever you are and wherever you go.